Hey, what's up, everyone? So glad that you joined us today at Heart of the City Church online experience. I'm excited to preach. Before I do that, I want to talk to you about uh, a very, very important and excite, exciting announcement. Coming up on April 27th, 28th, 29th, it's a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I was on an amazing Slack yesterday, pastors in our city creating this beautiful, I think, Holy Spirit idea called Kootenai United, where we're going to be in the mall parking lot with, with probably trucks, trailers, and our goal is to raise food, to be the largest food drive ever, or one of the largest food drives possibly the church has ever done. We hope to uh, bring a food drive together, all the churches, the Big C Church, coming together on those three days from uh, three to seven and asking people, everyone in the community, all over, we're going to be in the newspapers, maybe on the radio, I don't know, but everywhere, asking people to bring food. Why? Because it's a need in our community, and uh, we want to fill up food banks that are in need. So make sure that you mark that on those three days from, from three to seven, Kootenai United, the church of Kootenai County United coming together at the mall parking lot, and uh, we believe that we're going to be able to f- just fill up food banks throughout our community. You know, I, I, I got one church sign today. One church sign. You ready? What did Adam say to Eve? Woman, I were the plants in this family. You got to love that. You got to love that. Listen, I, I want to say something to you. I want to pray something to you. I want to prophesy something over you. It's actually the title of this sermon today, that church, he is for you. God is for you. And I just, I'm just going to preach that today. I'm going to pray that over you. I'm believing that God's going to do something in your heart today in the area that you would understand and you would grasp and you would walk away with a knowing that God is for you. Listen to the scripture today. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to look at something very beautiful today. Notice peace. The God of peace. It doesn't say the God of power, the God of authority, or the God of might. It says the God of peace. And it says himself sanctify you. Look at two things right there, sanctify and completely. Sanctify means holy with an H, O-L-H-O-L-Y. And completely holy as in whole, wholesome, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Why do I bring that out in the Greek today is because God, through his peace, he wants to cause us, he wants to sanctify us, to be holy, but he also wants to be, us to be whole, whole in our human spirit, whole in our soul, whole in our body. And today, I'm absolutely preaching toward anxiety and fear because fear is the, is the enemy of the peace of God, who is a person, Jesus. Fear is an enemy to our soul and to our body and even to our minds. And I want to pray right now as we begin to dive into this, this message today. The series is You Asked For It. Last week during Easter Resurrection Weekend, we uh, uh, put it out there for folks. What would you like to hear? What, what, what do you want to know? So you asked for it, 
And so I'm starting this series with talking about anxiety, but not just about anxiety, not glorifying anxiety, but seeing people walk as overcomers in this area. You see, Jesus has already overcome for us. So we don't, we don't fight for the cross, Seth. We, we fight from the cross because we're already victorious. So pray with, pray with me as we dive into the word today. Father, we just thank you for the cross. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for what we celebrated last weekend. But God, that's just a weekend. That's something that's real to us every day. The risen Lord, the resurrected one, resurrection power. I pray and declare that resurrection power over everyone listening today, that you are for them, not against them. God, I just declare that over every individual underneath my voice today, that you're for them. Let it be sealed by your Holy Spirit today. And so, Lord, I pray that you would breathe upon every household, every family, every marriage, every person listening to today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Uh, I want to give you the Webster Dictionary uh, definition of anxiety today. An apprehensive uneasiness or, or nervousness, usually over an impending or anticipated ill. An abnormal and overcoming sense of apprehension and fear often marked by physical signs such as tension, sweating, and increased pulse rate. And I would say a whole lot more than that. By doubt concerning the reality and nature of a threat. And by self-doubt about one's capacity to cope with it. That was Webster's. I, I want to give you mine today. I want to give you mine. All the what-ifs that goes through your mind. All the what-ifs, but not just the what-ifs. It even goes further. Fear goes further. What if the what-if happens? The lack of controlling the uncertainties in our life. And uncertainties just didn't begin with COVID-19. We always have uncertainties in our life. Can God really be trusted? Feelings of uneasiness. And, 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 and I don't even know why sometimes. I wake up uneasy and I don't even know why I feel uneasy. But I want to tell you, just because you wake up that way, your day doesn't have to end that way. No one else, this is a huge lie of the enemy, no one else feels like, I do. I'm, I'm the only one struggling with these uncertainties, with these anxieties, with these fears, and it's freaking me out that I'm the only one. But see, that's a lie. You're not the only one. Most of these things that I described right then when it comes to anxiety are absolutely lies from the enemy or even lies that you've believed upon, uh, doubts, all the different things that bombard our mind. I've been going through a uh, one of those devotions in the U version. It's called Victory Over Anxiety. It was very, very beautiful by Charles F. Stanley. You might want to check it out. I think it's a, a, a four-day or so, maybe seven-day uh, uh, U version devotion. But in it, he says three main uncertainties. And I thought it was beautiful. Uncertainty number one, the uncertain, the uncertainty of now, the day right now in this moment. And that could be COVID-19 for you. It could be a layoff. It, it, it might be something that you're going through today, the uncertainty of the day. But there's also, number two, the uncertainty of the past. Maybe you've lost a loved one or went through a, a tragedy, a, a trauma. I know that I've dealt with that, maybe a miscarriage or what have you. And those things haunt you to set up uncertainty and fear in your heart for today. And then we have, uh, number three, the uncertainty for the future. What will the future 
hold? What will happen in the future? The more you can live, now listen, the more that you can live and adapt to the uncertainties around you because they're always around us. All of a sudden, there's an earthquake just like the other day. And all of a sudden, there's a COVID virus that no one, you know, all just comes upon us. The more that we can live with uncertainties, the less anxiety I believe that you will have in your life. Where does anxiety come from? Have you ever thought about that before? I want to talk to you a minute about where it comes from, but where it don't come from. Number one, anxiety, and, and see, it's so important that you, 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 you nail a post in the ground, you put your foot down, your faith is in this area, and, and you understand fully in a certain thing that you believe in, and this is the first one, anxiety is not from God. If you uh, have a double mind and, and think, well, you know, this might be God. This might be something that God's doing to me. Maybe it's something that God is trying to teach. I want to let you know that the Bible teaches that anxiety is, listen, it's not from God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not, look at that, for God has not given you a spirit of fear. We know that spirit is a fear. We know that fear is a spirit and it's not from God. And I want to let you know today that you need to, you need to, you need to pound that post in the ground, that, that, that anxiety, worry, fretting, everything around fear, number one, is not from God. Number two, circumstances around you can really create anxiety. It could be a test that you're waiting to get back from a doctor, it could be a lump that was found or, or a virus or a layoff or maybe a public speaking. You know public speaking can be very scary for people. It's right, rated up right up there with death. I know that some people really struggle with flights. I mean, I do okay with flights until you get into turbulence. And then I'm like holding on, death grip, on the seat, sweating, breathing, and my son is exactly the same way. And my, my wife and daughter, they'll, they'll just be like, oh, this is, you know. Yeah, fine. It might be a bill. It could be the plane. It could be. There's circumstances that can create anxiety in our life. But I want to I be very honest with you today. Those are only surface reasons. That, that is the fruit of the anxiety. That's not really the problem that we want to. We want to go deeper today. And number three, here it is. The main source of your anxiety is your thoughts, your thinking, the battleground, the war zone. This may be six inches between your ears and, and maybe this foot between here and here. All that's happening within your thought life, the what ifs, my thoughts about the test. My thoughts about, you can be all jacked up sideways, anxious before you get on the plane and the plane ain't even lifted. Why? Because it's the thoughts going into it. It's a, the doctor might have a great report, but you're all sweating side because all the thoughts that you've put toward what if the test, what if, what's going to happen and the future. Listen to the scripture today, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says this. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture, I want you to listen to this last sentence in this scripture. We capture their rebellious thoughts, and teach them to obey Christ. I think some people get confused that 
All of their, all of their thoughts are them. But I got news for you. All of your thoughts are not from you. Now, they can come from the human spirit and the intellect and, and your soul, and, but they also can come from the enemy and, and the things that you've listened to and the things that's entered your mind through radio or through TV. Your thoughts can come from a lot of different places. I want to encourage you today that all of your thoughts are not yours, but you can do something about thoughts. And listen to this one. Because a bird lands on my head, it doesn't mean that it has to make a nest and hatch little hatchlings of little birds. No, that bird land on my head, I can knock that nest off. And you can do the same thing with your thoughts. But I, I want to really talk about thoughts today because I believe that they impact us tremendously in the area of anxiety. We must not allow thoughts to capture us. Now listen, the Bible tells us to capture thoughts. We bring a thought into to captivity like a prisoner of war. Yes. But, but I want to I I challenge you with that for a minute because uh, I have dealt with, and other people that I know have, have dealt with things called intrusive thoughts, unwanted. You may have heard the term scary thoughts. I, I, I want to share those with you today because the hell that I lived through, I figured I went through hell in this life so that I could help somebody along the way and encourage them and maybe build their faith that you don't have to live in that hell on earth. Those intrusive thoughts, listen, they come, but if you're not careful with intrusive thoughts, uh, uh, what is an intrusive thought? An, an intrusive thought is something that you, you didn't want. It hits you sideways. And there's a lot of emotion and feeling connected around that thought, usually negative guilt, condemnation, so forth and so on. But I want to say something about those intrusive thoughts. Bring those into captivity. But what do you mean by captivity? There is a difference between bringing thoughts into captivity versus avoiding them. Versus shoving them underneath the surface. See, see, you need to ad identify these thoughts. You need to bring them into captivity. Put them into prison. But I want to encourage you that you have to teach them to obey Christ. You can't just surface it. You can't just bury them. Just, oh, I just... They'll scare you. It was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I had that thought. And, and I, I just need to bury it. Or, or I, I need, oh, I'll just avoid it. That will create anxiety in your heart. And you know what will happen with those thoughts? They'll keep popping up. Yep. They'll just come out of the grave. You try to avoid them, boom, they're right there. So listen to what we do. Listen to what we do. We take prison and capture by obeying the scripture. We don't avoid and bury the thoughts. We, just like the scriptures say, we teach them to obey Christ. They surface, 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 create an anxiety. We bring them in the, into captivity. And listen, we capture those rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. All of a sudden, here comes that thought. You're like, wow, where'd that come from? Knock you sideways. You capture it, put it into prison. Don't just, don't just put it under the ground. Don't just, oh my goodness. That's just going to create, I think, anxiety in your heart. And it can create other things like compulsions, like obsessiveness. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-4 says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds. 
of human reasoning and destroy false argument. We sang that song a while ago. Maybe y'all can help me just for a minute. There's no sun through no mountain you can. Things are possible. There's no prison that he can't break through. There's no mountain he can't move because why? We have these mighty weapons. We can say to the mountain, be removed. We can, we can do things according to what God's taught us in his word and walking by faith and we can destroy these things called arguments and that's exactly what happens with anxiety and intrusive thoughts. All of a sudden, we're walking around with a smile on our face, coming to church saying hi to everybody and we're having an argument in our mind. Or it could be on a Monday morning or I want to teach you a word right now. It's a word that I made up. But it's a good word. Tuata. Tuata. And what does tuata mean? It means this. T-A-W-A-T-A. Think about what you're thinking about. Tuata. That can help you so tremendously in the area of anxiety because it's not just, it's not just capturing them and them, them capturing you, but it's actually seeing those thoughts for what they are and training them, uh, uh, not allowing those rebellious thoughts to scare you and create anxiety in your heart and all kinds of other things that, that can come out of it. But you train those thoughts under the obedience of Jesus Christ and his word. So you're not controlled by your thoughts. Listen, listen. My, I want to renew my mind. What will renewing of my mind do? It will train my brain. People said for years, all oh, your, your brain, you know, they used to electric shock brain and, and all kinds of things. Listen, you don't have to do all that. You, re, you know, Bible taught it the whole time. God taught it the entire time. We can renew our mind and our mind can train our brain and our brain doesn't have to control us. You have the ability to absolutely renew your mind and train your brain. Another way I think anxiety comes into our hearts and our lives to control us is a simple one called sin, S-I-N. What, what do you mean by that, J.O.? I mean, how does sin? Of course, sin's every... But I, I, I want to let you know that, that the way that I... Uh, anxiety and panic and some of the things that I have battled throughout my life, I can tell you the, the moment it happened. I can tell you what was going on. I was uh, between my 7th and 8th grade year in school. I was smoking weed with some friends and so forth and so, so on, and something happened. And all of a sudden, if you can imagine, God has created our brains in such a beautiful fashion, my soul and my mind, and there was something that broke. And when it broke, I went into a absolute, did not know what it was for years. I went into an absolute, complete panic attack before panic attacks was really talked about. I had brain uh, uh, tests and heart diabetes. I had tests for all these different things, trying to figure out what was going on inside of me because of this panic attack. See, I believe I had a predisposition to anxiety and worry and things like that. But listen to me. Sin is what kicked the door open. For me, smoking that weed at that age Kick the door open. Just because you have a, a predisposition to something in your life, it does not mean that you have to give over to it. 
Everybody in your family may have been an alcoholic. That doesn't mean that you have to be it. Everybody may have been a heroin addict or a meth addict or somebody, all of a sudden, your mom was a prostitute and her grandma was a prostitute and great-grandma was a prostitute or, or all those different things. That does not mean that it has to happen to you because of who Jesus is in our life. But I tell you what, oh, everybody in my family's had cancer. Well, it doesn't have to be you. Listen, just because you have a predisposition to something, because of Jesus and his blood and what he's done for you, it does not mean that it has to impact you. But listen to me right now. Sin will open doors that you never, ever wanted to open. And I believe that took place in my life. The enemy hooked me. Two weeks later, not knowing what took place that night, smoking weed. I've done that before. I had done that before. And all of a sudden, panic attack. I begged them to take me to the emergency, um, emergency room because something was sideways. But listen. Two weeks later, was not smoking weed. All I did was have the thought of what happened to me two weeks ago. And I had this terrible, uh, scary thought of what if it happens to me again? Because it was so, it was one of the worst things that I had ever been through in my entire life. And guess what took place in that moment? All of a sudden, two weeks later, I had a full-blown panic attack paralyze me again. And now this time, I couldn't blame it on weed. It was like, wow, I'm losing my mind. And if you think you're going insane losing your mind, guess what? You don't want to tell anybody. And all this stuff was internalizing me. I was fully paralyzed, panic attack. Uh, I would do some really strange things. Like if I had a panic attack with those clothes on, guess what? I wouldn't wear those clothes again. I thought maybe, maybe it's the clothes that's created. I didn't know. I was looking for anything on the outside that would help bring freedom to me. And I'm going to give you a large revelation right now because sometimes people do things like wash hands and they, they you know, avoid places or avoid malls or, or, or they avoid certain clothes. All these different things happen. Those are everything on the outside. We're trying to fix what's going on on the inside with those things on the outside. But here's the greatest revelation that I've ever had or one of the greatest revelations I ever had when it comes to anxiety it can scare you in the beginning, but if you allow this to get this truth, you know, the Bible says, knowing the truth sets us free. For the lack of knowledge, people perish. Now listen to this truth. We focus on the outside to fix what's on the inside, but the outside is not the problem. This is what may scare you in the beginning, but go with me, because when you begin to use it in battle, you'll, I think you'll be, be getting healed and freed and delivered the problem is not the outside. The problem is, is what's going on inside of you. What is going on inside of your heart? It's not COVID-19. It's not if you get laid off. It's not this, that. It's not weed. It's not, it's, listen, those things can impact you. I get that. I'm not stupid. But all, all the things, all the uncertainties on the outside does not need to impact you on the inside. The problem is what's going, what you've allowed on the inside. It's not the virus, it's not the flight, it's not the tomb, it's not the lump, it's not the test, it's not the future, but what you are allowing on the inside. How can somebody here go through the same thing that you're going through and they are in total peace? They have no problems. 
They're faced with the same virus, every, every, but you are an absolute mess because it's what you're allowing to happen on the inside of you. I got good news for you, though. You're like, oh, my goodness. I thought it was COVID. I thought it was my job. I thought it was me. I thought it was my age. I thought it. Listen, I got great news for you. Somebody lives inside of you, and it's Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in you, that he is in the world. Listen to me right now. Someone knows exactly what you've been through. He's been in your footsteps. No matter the amount, no matter what amount of anxiety you may be faced with, whatever's going on around you, Jesus, greater as he is in you, Jesus, than anything, I don't care what anxiety, worry, fret, panic, whatever it may be, listen, Jesus is greater than all of those. But I want to pick on a root today because I think that if I look back at my life and, and saw all the things that led to the panic attack and anxiety in my life, there was a root in my life and I feel like that root was fear. Fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence, but look, appearing real. And I want to let you know today that fear breeds fear. And fear is like a furious fire. Because if you allow a little bit of fear, it's going to become a large uh, uh, wildfire inside of you. And all of a sudden, there's hundreds of phobias. All of a sudden, this woman who was totally normal will not leave her home. And all of a sudden, this guy who was totally normal, bound in fear, all kinds of names. There's so many uh, 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 psychological names for fear, but I want to tell you right, right now, the Bible calls it a spirit, not from God. And you can't give place to fear. You'll either climb out of it or you'll spiral down because I have spiraled down many, many times. All of a sudden, the thought leading to fear, leading to panic, leading to an eruption of, of adrenaline in my body. Adrenaline's good if you're about to get hit by a car. Right. But if you're trying to go to bed, adrenaline is terrible. It's a very lethal chemical in our body. Okay, But all of a sudden, because of a wrong thought, it's released in our body, creating our heart pounding. All of the, I call 911, I'm having a heart attack. You go there, you get all the tests done. Typically, there's not a heart problem. Oh, I, I must have a brain tumor. I've done that. Go there, get all tested, no brain tumor. Breathing, un, unreal. I lose my mind, I'm insane. I've, for days, I've lived in this bewildered area before, after panic attacks, like, is things real? Now, I'm being vulnerable with you today, but I'm being vulnerable because I've lived it and God's helped me to overcome to some great degree. And I want to see other people overcome because those bewildered feelings that you have, it's only there to let you know that something needs to change in your life. And they begin to go away when you begin to think right and when you begin to operate right. And let me tell you something about the root of the fear, okay? How many know that roots are good if you're a big old redwood tree and you're in the midst of a storm and those roots hold you in place? And roots, certain roots are a wonderful thing. But if you are rooted in fear, which if you follow that root to the main root, I want to tell you right now, the main root of fear, if you follow it, is death. The fear of death. And from the fear of death, all these other, they can come in a hundred different ways, a hundred different root packages, but it's all based in fear and it's all based in death. But I want to tell you something. If you change the root, you'll change the fruit. 
for a while you've lived in an area of the fruit is those areas like I was talking about washing your hands and phobias and all, all kinds of different things, all kinds of surface things. We look at the surface and even the surface things can freak you out. But you'll live with surface if you don't deal with the roots. Roots are called roots because they keep you rooted. And they can keep you rooted in fear and they can keep you rooted in unbelief and doubt and double-mindedness. Are you rooted in fear or trust today? Are you rooted in truth or a lie today? What or who are you rooted in? I've been rooted in both. I've been rooted in fear before. I've been rooted in anxiety. That root still tries to hit me sometimes. But you know what I have to do? I have to bring those thoughts into captivity. Not just, not just you know, avoid them. Don't let them scare you, but just like, okay, I see what you're doing, okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you, you rebellious thought, that you're not going to control my life. You see, emotions, I get emotional in worship time, do you guys? I love worship. We were worshiping today, and I get emotional. Sometimes I'm bawling on the front porch. I mean front porch, front, 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 front area, wherever I'm. I'm, I'm bawling in my car because emotions is a beautiful thing, and emotions are bad. Emotions are from God. But emotions, though they're a gift from God, emotions, they impact our lives, but they're not to control our lives. Listen, the Bible talks about emotions. Listen to this one. Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Here's another one. Be angry, but do not sin. We have emotions, but don't allow them to cause you to sin. Elijah did exactly that. Elijah just called fire down from heaven and hundreds of false prophets. He took and he slaughtered. Let me read a little bit to you. 1 Kings 18, 38 through 39. He is having a, a horrendous emotional high. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed burnt the sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Then all the people saw it. They fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Because Elijah, he had challenged him. You know, who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve Bella or are you going to serve the Lord God? It was an emotional high. And then he slayed all these false prophets of Baal. Bam! What a what a great moment. What a, what a, what a, 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 a praying and slain moment. But then just right after that, this emotional high of Elijah turned into a very, very dark moment when he got a message, a message from Jezebel. And it says this in, in uh, 1 Kings 9, 19, 2 through 4. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more so if I do not make your life as a life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. She's talking about one of the, the prophets that he had slayed, the prophets of Baal. And when they saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day. Here he is by himself, solitude, come on, a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down underneath a broom tree. This is what he prayed. Oh, Elijah, mighty man, God of Elijah, just slayed over, I think, 300 and some prophets. This is what he prayed. And he prayed that he might die and said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. Look, look, look. 
emotional high to down in the valley. He's allowing his emotions to control him. He read and he ran. Fear, anxiety, fret, the what ifs led him to depression, hopelessness, and suicide. He didn't commit suicide, but he wanted to die. You could easily look at that story and go, well, it's Jezebel's fault. Well, it's a letter's fault. It's the messenger's fault. No, 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 no. You, you're looking at all the wrong place. You're looking at all the surfaces, all the things on the outside. Elijah blaming everything on the outside when it wasn't the outside. It's what's going on on the inside of Elijah. Elijah was the same man of God there when he called down fire, when he was by himself, the same God, the same man, and all of a sudden he's allowed the outside to get on the inside. That burden had babies on his head and is controlling his life. And now Elijah's eating the fruit of his, of his thoughts, not bringing them into to captivity. He has a decision, he has a, a choice to make, but he allowed fear to control him and that root that needs to be changed is producing fruit in his life. Tayata. Tayata. He wasn't thinking about what he was thinking about. And so this emotional high went to an emotional depressing moment and a root needed to be changed in Elisha's life. And I think that root was, uh, was really impacted when, when um, God said, hey, I'm not finished with you yet. I'm going to have you go, I'm going to have you go and, 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 and you're, going to, you're going to pray and anoint Elijah and, all, and these, three, these two other kings and so forth and so on. And uh, it was just a beautiful story. But I just want to let you know that even a great prophet like Elijah, listen, you have to be careful with the things that you allow in your mind. And you can't allow everything around you. I can't allow an a virus or all of a sudden, you know, somebody saying something bad about me or, or all of a sudden there's an earthquake and all the stuff on the outside. And I go, well, it's, that, it's the newspaper's fault. It's CNN's fault. It's Fox News' fault. It's all the bad news. No, 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 no. I'm responsible for the inside. And, and I, I don't mean to sound mean with that or scare you. But I hope today that God would do something so beautiful that you stop looking on the outside and you begin looking on the inside because he lives inside of you. He's Jesus, Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. Listen to what Jesus says. This is how I was meditating on this scripture this morning. It's so beautiful. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. It says, this is, what, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or even enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They, they don't plant or they harvest or store food in the barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Absolutely you are. If he takes care of some birds, man, he's going to take care of you. Come on. What are you rooted in? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as, one, as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, will he not certainly care for you? He certainly will.
You got to put your trust in him. Walking in his ways. Following his principles. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about the things you're saying. Uh, don't, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will you eat? What will you drink? What will you wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry, bring its own worries. Today, trouble is enough for today. You see, that's where anxiety comes from, is always thinking about what's the problem tomorrow. Thinking about tomorrow, tomorrow. What's going to be COVID tomorrow? Job situation tomorrow. Marriage situation tomorrow. Food situation tomorrow. I want to leave you with these closing thoughts today. Changing the root. Number one, screw your head on right every day. Don't cross. I was trying to put this thing on my camper the other day, and I kept cross-threading it. You don't want to cross-thread, but you want to cross-thread. Don't cross-thread that, that creates double-mindedness and wrong thinking, but cross-thread. Let your minds go through the cross of Jesus Christ. Screw, I have to do the same thing. I think most people do. Screw your mind on, screw your brain on right every day. I want, to listen to, I want you to listen to the scripture that, one more scripture I was meditating on today, which is beautiful. Romans 4, 17. It's beautiful. You should write this down. You should look it up. It says this, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. This is talking about Abraham. In the presence of him who he believed. Abraham believed, though he was a 99, 100 years old. He believed. And listen to this. Here's the key. God who gives life to the dead and calls. Say that with me. Calls. Those things which do not exist as though they did. That's radical. That's faith right there. He calls those things that are dead to life. And he calls, listen, he calls, he gives life to the dead. Let me get it right. He gives life to the dead and calls. That calls mean call aloud. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. If you're like an uh, intellectual, you're like, hey, man, it's got to exist before I'm going to talk to it. i got to see it before I believe it. But that's not what faith is. He says, call it out. Do not exist. It says the things that do not exist as though they did. So sometimes I have to speak to those things that right then and there in the moment, it's not existing to me. But I know by faith that they're attainable. And I have to grab them by faith. I have to say it aloud. That's one of them. This is a beautiful picture of walking by faith. Number two, win your mornings. I did an interview with Dr. Ryan Sousley the other day, and it was super fun. And, and he, he said this beautiful saying in the interview, win your mornings. I thought, wow. I love that. That's, that's Bible. Seeking first. Seek God first. Seeking, you know, win, winning the morning, seeking the kingdom of God above all else, making him number one through your prayers, through your devotions, giving Jesus your best time, making a bold confession with God's word. That will change your anxiety. That will change your fear. Let it come out of your mouth, into your ears, down into your heart. Isaiah 57, 19 says, I create the fruit of the lips. 
peace, peace to him who is afar off and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. The fruit of the lips, you know where the fruit of the lips comes from? Come from the Lord, but it also comes from what's already in your heart. And so I got to ask you that with your mouth, are you poisoning your very life, your body? Because anxiety impacts the body, the soul, and the human spirit. You don't think it'll impact your body? I got news for you. It will get your body sideways. But with your mouth, that tongue, life and death, make sure you're not poisoning your body. Be intentional in that area of renewing your mind. Number three, eat, sleep, and exercise. Joe, you tell me in church to eat, sleep? Absolutely. Getting regular exercise, I tell you. What do you think about this thing called the runner's high? Where does a runner get high from? Is he smoking weed or crack on the way? No, it's because he's exercising and the endorphins that's released. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful thing that God's allow us to have. And I just encourage you to eat right, to sleep right, and to exercise and see what God will do. I'm, it's an amazing thing that God's done in my life in those areas. Number four, daily medicine. Uh, jail, daily, what, per, prescription? Uh Heavy dose of Z-Pack? Nope. A heavy dose of B-Pack. Bible. God's Word. You won't overdose. It has no bad side effects. Not, not like on, on TV all of a sudden. Uh, if you take this, all of a sudden you might bleed from the eyeball, shortness of breath, coma, and even death. Now, I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. But with this heavy dosage, listen to me. All of a sudden, you go to your family physician. They give you medicine. You're all into it. But I'm going to tell you right now, God gave us medicine a long time ago. He says this in James 1.21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of meekness and receive with meekness. Let me back up. I get a little excited. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. God is for me. Greater is he that is in me. See, I got me some bullets in my gun and I use them all the time. I speak to myself. I declare it over my life. Nothing will separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Come on. I'm healed. He sent his word not to heal me. He sent his word and healed me. Come on, by stripes I'm healed. I, I just got my bullets that I use from the Psalms and throughout the Bible. Church, listen to me. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. Tell, you, tell somebody in your room right there, God is for you. Some of you need just to renew that in your mind that God is for you today. Some of you, you're coming in to our, our time here of this experience online and maybe you've never met Christ. I want to pray for you right now to meet Jesus Christ. It's simple. How could it be so simple? Because Jesus did it all. I looked up the other day. How many people come to know Christ every day? People converting from, from other religions to Christianity is seven over 7,000 people a day on the average. 
2.7 million people converting out of other religions in one year, over seven, the average of over 7,000 people. Will you be one of those? Maybe you're not even converting out of some religion. You just never have known Jesus Christ. Come on. Jesus has taken over our world the way it should be. The creator, the almighty, the El Shaddai. He laid his life down for you, took on your sins so that you could have a relationship with God, which I know you long for. You may not know you long for it, but you do. And to have eternal life. Pray with me right now to receive Jesus Christ. If we call on his name, he's going to hear. Say this with me. Jesus, I'm asking you today to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins that separated me from you. And I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I turn from my wicked ways, and I turn to you. I surrender my life to you, all of it. And I receive your grace. I receive this thing called being born again. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Jesus, today, I confess and declare, you are Lord, you are Savior. Amen. I believe that if you said that today, that you're a believer. I believe that you're born again. I believe that he hears. I believe it. He's put your name in the book of life. God bless you, saints. If you're struggling with double-mindedness, a broken heart, a fractured soul, damaged emotion, anxiety in your heart, I want to encourage you to dig up the root and change the fruit. Amen. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.